0: Okay, good evening. This is uh, the parsha Tashavuah Sheer for for Shemot. What we would like to look into is the question of Paro Shemot Perak Aleph uh, says There was a new king in Israel, and that that new king change things. Al Mitzrayim, Lo Yosef. Well, he didn't know about Yosef. I mean, what is it exactly that he didn't know? What was it that he didn't tell him? Uh, so it's my contention that while Yosef was uh, protecting the Jewish people, the people who lived in Goshen, Yosef was also um, the guarantee, so to speak, that the slaves, the Jewish slaves would not escape, that they were somehow committed to being in, in Egypt. and that uh, that commitment that commitment was what uh, made the Egyptians feel safe about the presence of the Jews. But the Belchadash, I mean, he understood or he learned or he he was he was able to perceive that that the people were really waiting for being rede- redeemed. They were waiting for redemption, and that uh, that the king of Egypt knew that um, with Yosef gone, this might really happen. This explains the factor why, why uh, uh, Yaakov was so hard on Yosef, his son, about burial. He wanted to make sure that Yosef would be in charge of burying Yaakov in, uh, in Eretz Israel, because after all, Yosef was suspect. He was fully integrated. I mean, even though it's true that probably on his own, in his family, in the quiet of his own home, he kept a uh, he kept the mitzvot or the Torah as uh, Yaakov taught him, but but his public figure was fully integrated with uh, with the Egyptian uh, culture and and and, uh, and his uh, you know he, he was fully Egyptian. He was fully Egyptian, but when he died, that link to to Egypt came to an end and the Melech Hadash, who understood that the Jews were waiting to be redeemed and that they were confident that the redemption would come. So that, he felt he had to do something about that. And he said to his people, I mean, he had to to contrive A reason to to act severely with the with the slaves because after all they were they were doing whatever it is they were supposed to do there was no particular reason that Paro had to uh, to act uh, in a more In a harsher manner with them. So he, he tried to explain this to them. Now he couldn't say to them that uh, he knew that uh, the God of the Jews wanted to take the of tribe and the God of Egypt would maybe, you know, was in a struggle and I mean, he was not interested in the theology. He couldn't explain the theology, but he did say, Pasuk that somehow there's a very real threat that comes from B'nai Yisrael, even though it seems unlikely that the Jewish people, even if there were hundreds of thousands of them, but uh, the the number of Yitzhak at Mitzrayim, but still the Egyptians must have been, uh, and uh, the number of Egyptians was much greater. And the Egyptians had all the the weaponry, and the army, and the police, and they were in charge of everything. What was this fear of, of the Jews? And yet he says, That they have power. They have a power. And if you if you think of the story as it as it unfolds, you see that uh, that the story of Yitzhak B'stripe is the story of the show of power by B'nai Yisrael representing God at the Egyptians. Right, the show of power takes place. Also, that Rabbi Tsubi Benu, it seems like Paro knew something. He knew what was going to happen. They, they were, they were many. Uh, they were many. They were great. So he says in Pasuk Yud, Havanit Chakmalov. have got to outsmart him. That word "Nechakva" is like an interesting word to use in this case. In other words, you can't. Uh, Paro sort of says we can't do it directly. We can't go and attack them directly because that would just speed up the redemption. But we have to do something clever. I mean, he talks about this slave community as being a potential army. And if there is a, uh, if there is a military issue you know the Assyrians from the north come and try to conquer all the land uh, between them and the Egyptians, they will be, I mean, they won't have the same interest. The Jewish slaves are interested in redemption. But it, it looks like the whole country is falling apart. You know, there's a military attack and then there's a, a redemptive mood. So the redemption contradicts the power of the Egyptian god. And we know that, uh, we know that Paro, that Paro thought of himself as a god, representing the Egyptian god. And he says, vallabin haaretz. He will, they will fight us bin haaretz. You see, bin haaretz, it's a hint that Paro knew, Paro knew that there was a, uh, a, a, a redemption. They're not going to... They're not conquering Egypt. But they are interested in being redeemed. And the redemption of B'nai Yisrael implies... The redemption of B'nai Yisrael implies that... Uh, that the power of Egypt could not withstand this redemptive movement. The power of Egypt, meaning the army and the, 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 the police, and also the gods of Egypt, especially the gods of Egypt, were not able to take a stand, a clear stand against against this redemption and the God of the Jews. Pasuk so Yud Aleph, they apply taxes to them. To make them, to wear them down. To make them suffer. They weren't just laborers, right? You know that uh, that all over the world there are uh, imported uh, laborers who are not exactly slaves. But also not having uh, much to do with the good life. at so they built these cities. I mean, cities are uh, uh, as permanent as you can get. You know, like they—they they, he forced the Jews to solidify the uh, the Egyptian state. He built cities. I mean, that's what you know. A country is a country is made up of cities. So the Egyptians saw that this was not working, that the more they oppressed the Jews, the more they were able to develop. It was a remarkable thing. they continue to apply this, this plan of, uh, of excessive uh, labor. I mean even though it didn't work, but they didn't give up, they couldn't give up. they couldn't backtrack from it. Would you backtrack it so that, that, that things will be worse than they were before so they maintained this level of oppression pasuk yu dalat vaymarud geheba boda they made their lives bitter with hard work be khomel bil bayneem wa khol avoda basada et kol avoda asha ya'abdu bi farsa this is emphasized the Egyptians worked them harder and harder. Remember at the end of the passage of Shemot, Pharaoh decides even uh, not, to, not to give them the straw that they needed to make the bricks. But apparently nothing changed the nation of Israel continued to grow and Paro was afraid to uh, to let on what his real issue was. I mean, if Paro was afraid of the God of the Jews, then certainly the people in Egypt should be afraid of the God of the Jews. And Paro seemed to know, that was the Melech Hadash. he seemed to know that there was going to be a struggle. And he also knew that he didn't have the upper hand necessarily in that struggle. We understand from this, we can understand why Paro was so, uh, I I know that it says in the Apostle that that God hardened Paro's heart, but what did Paro think was happening? I mean, Paro must have had a sfora. He must have thought to himself, no, no, I can't give in, I can't give in. I mean, both things are true. It's true that God hardened his heart, but it's true that Paro had a sfora. So hissvara was that 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 the battle that the battle was a battle for the uh, the very existence of the Egyptian culture, the Egyptian religion. I mean, go into greater detail, but uh, but certainly Pharaoh knew that these Jews who are slaves in Egypt are going to be the greatest problem that the Egyptians ever had had, you know, that, that eventually the Egyptians, I mean, it didn't happen at that time, but eventually Egypt disappeared. What we call Egypt today is another Arab country, another Arabic-speaking uh, country, whereas the, uh, the Egyptian culture and the Egyptian uh, way, which was once held in such high regard, just disappeared from the world. Well, it took a while. It took a while for that disappearing to happen, but uh, there's no doubt that uh, there's no doubt that it happened. <laughs> there's no doubt that it happened. So now the story continues in a more interesting way. Pasuk Okay, these women, uh, Shifra and Pua, are so important that the Torah mentions them by name. They're not just Mialdot. They're actually heroines. Heroines have names. They're not just Mialdot. They're not just, Mialdot, they're not just the Jewish midwives. But they're Shifra Pu'ah. Pua. Real people. And so what did he say to that He said, so He comes up with this interesting idea. Kill uh, kill all the newborn uh uh children, the newborn sons. The sons you should kill and the daughters you should uh you should let live. I mean, it seems to me that this is uh, not, uh, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm judging from the, the way things worked out, but it seems like a very odd idea. But from this you see that the, that the, that the king of Egypt focused in on the problem as having something to do with newborn sons. He didn't. He didn't say. Let's figure out a way to kill uh, half the the Jewish slaves. I mean, he couldn't get away with that. Uh, apparently, his his power or the power that he perceived that he had was limited. Was limited. He couldn't. He could not uh, um, just say let's kill half of them. He didn't have that power. On the other hand, he knew. As Rashi points out, that the redemption would come through a redeemer, and that that redeemer would be born at this time. And therefore, he felt that if he killed all the newborn sons, he would stall the process of redemption. And, and, and no one would understand, no Egyptians would understand the nature of the struggle that was being waged. So uh, as might have been expected, Shifra and Puah didn't uh, follow the direction, but they let the sons live. Of course, this connects uh, later on to the story of Moshe, to the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, but this is, uh, this has not yet happened. This is like, you know, kind of a funny story. Paro says to them, kill the newborn baby boys. I mean, he must have given them some kind of incentive. So obviously what he said to them was, either you do it, or I will call upon my people to do it as we see in Pasukabet, Bet, but we'll get to that in a moment. And so Shifra and Pua were, were, were challenged by Paro. He said, look, uh, you know what happens if I, if I let my police do this, if I let my, uh, you know, my, my uh, various gangsters in, uh, in Egypt, let them do that. So the implication will be much worse. You can do it secretly. You could do it accidentally. You could argue that it just happened. I mean, babies die in childbirth, certainly in the the ancient world. (laughs) Nevertheless, nevertheless, the pasuk says, "I mean they." Well, what would it be yall thinking they that they had a short term game I mean if they maybe if they if if they allowed a few of the children to die that Paro wouldn't unleash his uh, secret forces against the against the jews on the other hand they knew that they would be acting against redemption and so my dalo was that they they preferred to be on the side of God, even though God had not indicated to them in any way that the time had come. So, they are on the side of, they're on the side of, uh, of, uh, of redemption, of Guula even though they know that there are implications to what they did. And those implications are So they make up some kind of a story that uh, that uh, that they couldn't get there on time, that, that the birth took place before they arrived, and therefore they couldn't intervene in any way. Of course, uh, this sounds to us as being a little bit ridiculous, but the idea that the Jews are special, that, that they are different, is an idea that, that, that was absorbed easily by Paro. He understood. He, Paro, he understood that the Jewish people were were not regular. And that's what he was doing. That's what he was trying to stop. He was trying to stop the destruction of the Egyptian uh, culture and the world that they had built. And this all started after Yosef died because the connection to Egypt died. He, he, he saw it was unbelievable. It's like... Uh, Like what goes on today in Borough Park or Leesburg, you know, they're not, uh, you know, America doesn't have much of an effect on them. And even though they maintain economic, uh, you know, a lot of economic independence, nevertheless. Okay. So then there's a pasuk which would take us out of our, uh, our discussion, but to explain by le ha'am So again, plan B, plan A was to work them to death, and that didn't work. Plan B was to have them secretly, uh, find a way to secretly kill all the newborn males. That didn't work. And the summary of, uh, of these psukim, they became, they were many and became strong. So here is, uh, Paro watching the destruction of, of, of his of his people, of his nation, of his culture, it's all going. It's all going right before his eyes. And there's nothing he can do about it. Well, at least up to now, there's nothing he can do about it. And finally, we come to the last Pasuk. I'm sorry. Pasuk kafala ba'yi ki yiru an The miyaldot were rewarded. They were rewarded for for saying that even immediate danger cannot deny the redemption at Mitzrayim. And for that understanding, that understanding that there there are things that are more important than than pikuach nefesh that you have to be part of, even if you find it. It dangers you. So this was something that the uh, that the miyaldot uh, were able to understand, and uh, the last pasuk in the on the sheet by itsav paro lekola mole loda kolabene yilodai yaora tashlichuhu. And even though we know that this was a dangerous thing for Paro to do, this was a dangerous thing for Paro to do, but uh, but he did it. He didn't want to do it. He wanted Shif Pua, but he saw that he wasn't able to find agents who would carry out his will without letting everybody know. So he had to come out with a public proclamation, Le And on this matter, on the L'chol Mo, there is a machloket between Rashi and the Arabic Targumim. If you look at the Rashi that's printed on the sheets, so the Rashi says, the Amo, Afale Hem Gazah. Things are really getting bad. Paro decided that they had to kill all the newborn male children, Jewish or Egyptian. Imagine that. Rashi says, Af Alehem Gazal Kolamo The entire nation was under the gun. Yom Mu yom Nolad Moshian The the magicians the court magician said to Pharaoh, today the Redeemer of the Jews has been born the Imagine that we don't know if he's Egyptian or if he's a Jewish. I mean, what do we? They don't know. Well, you know the story of Moshe Rabbeinu. We all know that story. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu could be perceived, at least uh, for what he was growing up, as an Egyptian by Egyptians, but but the Jews knew that he was really Jewish. So the court magicians who, uh, were like, uh, boiling up, with, uh, all kinds of concoctions and all to find out what was really happening. So those court magicians said, oh, he's Jewish. No, 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 he's, he's Egyptian. I mean, it, they, they didn't know themselves. We don't know if he's Egyptian, this, uh, this Redeemer. Or if he's Jewish. But we do see something. That at the end he will be punished because of water. The fikah, we talk about the main Mariva, the fact that uh, Moshe and Aaron were mechalal at Hashem. When Moshe hit the rock instead of talking to the rock, right? Ravim on a I'm reading Rashi. Kazar oto Hayom afal Shinemar kol abena Lod Vilodemar neimar ha yilod leibrim v'hem lo ha yuyodim she soful kotal neimarivah that there was a different that uh, water it wasn't that he was going to drown so look at that pasuk again according to Rashi ve'itzav parol le kol lemor. He told his, all the people that they have to destroy the newborn male children. Whether they, and so the parashanut that Rashi adopts is, he doesn't say what kind of children they are or whose children they are. So amazingly, Amazingly that while it's true that Paro is unsuccessful, he tries Avodah Kasha, and then he tries Shifra Now, but he's also expanded, he's expanded the category, and not just the children of the Hebrews, babies born to the Hebrews, but also babies born, because we don't know where he's going to be. Or you could say, yes, of course he's going to be Jewish, but he'll be hiding amongst the Egyptians. So we don't know if he's, you know, as a baby, if he's going to be an Egyptian or a Jew. And so, uh, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu, who was taken in by the daughter of Paro, but was fed and taught by Miriam and Yocheved, I mean, it's not hard to be confused about his identity. So, I just mentioned the Targum. The Targum Ungula says, Any son, child, that is born to a Jew, benahara tarmonay." Throw him into the sea. So you see that the uncle who is a literalist and who generally translates word for word, put in a word. The Jewish children and only the Jewish children disagreeing with Rashi or Rashi disagreeing with uncleas. You know that Rashi had a very high regard to and Rashi uses uncleas to clarify things all the time. Nevertheless, here Rashi deviates from what Uncle has said. Tagum Yonasan, the other Targum, the longer more midrashic Tagum says, Paro, when Paro saw what had happened, Pakid he, he instructed all of his people beard the Khardid the It Lid e Any male son, child born to a Jew born to a Jew so again uh, um, I mean what was it? Uh, I mean is it a machlokas? I mean maybe maybe it's a machlokas maybe the unculus and the the yonatan reject this uh, midrashic comment that Rashi is basing himself on And, and and maybe it's sort of like a deeper meaning. He says he says that you know it's like it like turned the, the war. I mean there were Jewish children hid in uh, non-Jewish homes, so you couldn't tell. I mean, the tzivui could be the same. The command could be like, I want you to get all those Jewish children. But then they knew that there were Jewish children that were hidden amongst the uh, the Egyptian families for whatever reason. So they would have to go for the Egyptians as well. But it wasn't as though they thought that Moshe Rabbeinu was an Egyptian, that the Torah was saying that the Moshe Rabbeinu was an Egyptian. It was rather that Moshe Rabbeinu could have been hidden amongst the Egyptians, and therefore they would have to kill the newborn Egyptian male children. This is of course based on uh, on several things in the Medresh on the in the second sheet of page number two, uh, there's a quote of the Rabba. The Medrash Rabbah says this way, It's not amor, that part of the Pasuk that Paro commanded his home, all his people that this was even uh, something that was an edict against his own people, why did Paro do that? So you see that what Rashi, Rashi doesn't quote it word for word, but but you see, goel Yisrael, that's what the Vedra says, the Redeemer. There's a Redeemer. The only way to stop the redemption is to stop the Redeemer. <speaking in Hebrew> His mother is already pregnant with him. <speaking in Hebrew> we don't know if he's a, a Jew or an Egyptian, and we understand from the way the story unfolded. That there are people who said that Moshe Rabbeinu was a Jew, and the people who said that Moshe Rabbeinu was an Egyptian. At that time, Moshe uh, Paro collected all of the Egyptians and said. Uh, send me all of the your children or the babies who were born now uh, after nine months, that I will throw them into the sea. The Ya'or, which was the God, that's how we'll stop the redemption. O Kol A Yisrael. God. It doesn't say only Jewish children. Kol Ben mitri and this is a very important point that the medrash makes a very important point that the medrash makes that, that that the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu was hidden of course it's interesting that uh, Paro's daughter was involved but the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu was hidden Paro was uh, uh, eventually forced to bring this out in the open because uh, how could he keep it a secret if all the Egyptians were directed to kill their own children and the Jewish children as well. So Paro's worst fear which was that people would understand what the real issue was. Pharaoh's w- real fear was, uh, was exposed was exposed. Okay. We'll continue to talk about uh, Paro, uh, Moshe Abenu, etc. next week. In the Hashem, as the snow in Yerushalayim subsides. All the best.